guys so much for joining us wherever you are and whenever you're watching this i am so glad that you are and if you're listening to this as a podcast later know that this is part of a live conversation that we are having with cindy Boltima from gems uh cindy welcome back i am so privileged uh, to be talking to you again thank you for doing this oh thank you so much grateful to be here and matt thank you also uh for joining this conversation um, we are here today to welcome uh, Cindy back. We, Cindy, you are part of the 2022 Child Discipleship Forum. Thank you for doing that. Um, but for people who maybe don't know what GEMS is, I'm just jumping right in. Can you help folks understand what your ministry looks like? What is the scope of GEMS? Sure. Well, GEMS stands for Girls Everywhere Meeting the Savior. It is our name. It is our passion. We want to see today's girls growing up strong, secure, confident in Christ. You know, sometimes people ask me, Cindy, are you the founder? Um, no, GEMS has been around for about 64 years, and we serve girls from California to Canada to Kenya and everywhere in between. Yeah, and GEMS really is, you know, my daughter has checked it out. It's a go-to ministry for girls' spiritual growth. Cindy's an author, and personally, I see a ton of alignment between y'all's ministry and the ministry of Awana, but Matt, um, I'm curious what alignment you see between gems and awana because and also you know you are you brought cindy into this experience of the child discipleship forum like what are you expecting from bringing her into this conversation well there's a lot of organizational and mission alignment but i, I would prefer to start with the person of cindy first cindy you and i met at uh cpc children's pastors conference just i mean days before the pandemic was like for real and we were all going in our homes but you and I met, and, and when I met you and I met your team, I sensed the Holy Spirit. I mm -hmm. saw the warmth of Jesus in the way you communicated with other people. And when I experience that in life, I typically think and feel like I would rather know more about this person. I want to get to know more about this ministry and this organization. And so I think that was kind of the initial interaction uh, that has uh, really got our relationship moving. So I've learned a lot about the Jim's ministry, the Jim's organization, but in terms of alignment, I think the obvious the, the alignment is rather obvious that we are both about introducing uh, young people to Jesus and helping them walk in their faith as disciples and thrive uh, for their lifetime. And so uh, obviously you guys do that in a way that specializes with girls. So you actually have some expertise that we don't have. Uh, and we, we work both with boys and girls, which is you know different, distinctly unique as well. Um, but you guys have a lot of specific niche expertise that, especially me as a, a father of boys, I have zero expertise in. So uh, we have a lot to learn from you guys. Um, and then your mission is just beautiful. And with, there's so much alignment there. Yeah. It's really, it's a fantastic organization. And Cindy, you know, we are having this conversation sort of right in the middle of back to school season. Mm -hmm. And it stands out to me that there is a timeliness to this conversation because there are specific challenges, specific opportunities. There are specific things that girls around the country are experiencing that are different than what the boys around the country are experiencing. Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. are, to put names and labels to those things, what are girls experiencing right now as they head back into the rhythm of school? Sure. You know, it's never easy being a girl today. 
we could make a list, right? From A to Z of the challenges, the stressors that girls have from anxiety, the bullying, cutting, depression, eating disorders, fear, all the way down to Z, zits. And I think as all of these have increased, all of the stresses and pressures have increased for girls during the summer coming out of the pandemic, especially at this school year, everything seems to increase because there's that pressure to perform, the pressure to please parents and peers. So it's not an easy time for girls ever, but there's good news because there's always hope. So at the same time, it's an opportunity to tell a new story. It's a new school year, new opportunities, and, and there's new hope for our girls. Amen to that. One of the things that stands out to me too, you know, it's it's true about your ministry, and as Matt said, it's true about you personally. There is a steadfastness about your commitment to Scripture. Mm-hmm. It's the bedrock of your ministry, and you and I had the privilege of speaking in a previous episode of the podcast that uh, we'll make sure that wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching, you can find that link because you get to hear so much of your incredible testimony, your incredible story of how God moved in your life. Um, What stands out to me, though, when I look at this current moment is, Mm -hmm. you know, it is true for all of us that scripture should be the bedrock of our ministry, that it should be the bedrock of our lives. But there is something about you where it is, I would argue, particularly true. Mm. Yes, God is awesome. Mm -hmm. but You are someone who is particularly passionate about this. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, where does that passion come from? Does mm-hmm. it come directly from your story or is it something that you continually discover every day? Mm. I would say both. I think most people, when they meet me, they are very surprised to hear that I didn't become a Christian until the age of 26. So I've told my story before. I'll be telling it again at the forum. You know, But most are surprised to hear that I had a drug and alcohol addiction and nearly lost my life. To a, to a cocaine addiction. And it was at the age of 26 that someone introduced me to Jesus. So Jesus Christ saved my life, period. At the same time, as I began to try to live a new life in Christ, I had a messed up mind. I don't know how else to describe it. You know, sometimes people talk about soundtracks or cassette tapes for, for the audience that remembers cassette tapes. <laughs> the messages that I had in my mind were messed up. And Jesus changed my mind by knowing and memorizing scripture. My life has been transformed because my mind has been transformed and no one else could do that for me. That came from memorizing one verse after another verse after another verse. So it's true. I used to be a little bit, probably, probably people talked about me at the grocery store because I'd bring my verse cards to the grocery store, to the dentist's (laughs) office, every drawer you'd find post-it notes. But here's the good news. Today I'm free. I am free, not only free that I am able to experience the freedom of Christ, but that I can walk in freedom because my life has been transformed because my mind has been transformed. Now, does that mean that because I've memorized some verses forevermore? No, like every single day I get to choose, we get to choose, are we going to believe the word or are we going to believe the world? You know, sometimes things feel true, but am I going to stand on God's truth? So every single day, hour, sometimes minute, um, still need to keep that memorized going. So Cindy, if, I, if I'm a person who says, yes, I believe that God's word has the power 
to change us, to change me, but I'm not free yet. Is, is there something wrong with me? Like, like memorizing God's word, was it instantaneous or did God change you over time? Unpack that little, that, the, how that worked to get to the point where you say you're free. I think it was, I think it's a daily choice. Obviously the freedom came when I accepted Christ, but still I was in the midst of a drug and alcohol addiction. So I had to do the work. I had to get in community. I needed to have accountability, Christian therapy, like all of those things. So it's not just like a snap and it was rainbows and unicorns. For me personally, that's not how it went. I needed to do the work. But even today, I need to choose whether I will walk in freedom. Here's a quote that Kelly Minter says, Satan may tell us what's true, but he never tells us the truth. I like to do a capital T truth, meaning that that's God's word, truth. So an example, one of the lies that I have believed is that my worth is equal to my weight. I don't think I'm the only one, especially as a, a woman today. And a, a couple of years ago, I ran into a woman and she saw me. And the first thing she said was, Cindy, you've gained weight. Now don't say that to a woman. Like we should know better. Like that we don't. And so then, you know, I thought, Matt, I thought, huh. I have a choice. I could allow my mind to go down a path. You're right. I've gained weight. Da, 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 da. That would probably lead me to either binging, purging, going to the gym for too long, or maybe even a cocaine addiction again. But instead, I was like, okay, Cindy, what you going to do, girlfriend? I talk to myself that way sometimes. And I was like, you know what? It may be true. It may be true that I have gained weight since the last time I saw her. But the capital T truth is this is that my significance comes from Christ, that my worth and my value comes from not who people say that I am, but that God says that I am. He says I'm accepted. He says I'm beautiful. He says I've chosen. He says I'm delivered. He says I'm enough. So even though I'm 52 years old, I still need every day to choose. Am I going to think about the things that the world says or maybe what's true? Or am I going to choose to stand on God's unshakable truth? Because that's where the freedom is found when we don't just know the truth, we believe the truth, and then we share that truth, sometimes to ourselves. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Are we shaping kids with lasting faith? Let's invest in building resilient disciples today through the Awana Resilient Child Discipleship Training. At these one-day events hosted from October to March in Nashville, Atlanta, Los Angeles, Chicago, Dallas, Tampa, and online, you'll gather with fellow ministry leaders to learn how to create engaging experiences kids will not want to miss, three easy steps to effective child discipleship, and how not to lose our kids to today's culture. Through five sessions, you'll be introduced to resilient child discipleship and the 3B discipleship formation pathway. You and your leaders will gain a strategy to create a child discipleship culture in your local church, practices to implement in your ministry, at church, and at home, and insights from the new research book from the Barna Group and Awana, Children's Ministry in a New Reality, the largest child discipleship study done in over 20 years. One day of training can help change the trajectory of your discipleship and form generations of Christ followers. Invest in your team, invest in your kids, invest in the future of your church today. Secure your seat at events.awana.org.
What I, what I like about this, Ross, you know, John Mark Comer says it's not about trying harder. It's about training harder. Mm-hmm. If we like soccer or basketball, it's not just willing or trying this, you know, it's, it's what we do when we're off the court, all of the training. That's what I heard, Cindy, and what you just shared. And I think it's important for children and for students because we sing these songs at church about breaking chains and being free. But then we go back on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're right back with the same exact struggles and so being free or transformation, oftentimes like the water over the rock, it happens over long periods of time of training hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's a lifetime of transformation. I think children need to hear that, that, that sometimes the change we desire, we're looking for, it may take a lifetime, but at least that's hopeful truth and honesty. We see it in scripture. We see it in some of Paul's teaching, and we see it in our real life examples around us. Well, and I think particularly in today's sort of instant gratification culture that these kids are growing up in, right? To hear this example from you, Cindy, that it does take time, but that there's hope Mm -hmm. in the amount of time that it takes, that there's actually life to the full in Mm -hmm. the amount of time that it takes. Because one of the things that I so appreciate about your story, and it's one of, frankly, the few things that you and I have in common, is uh, coming to know the Lord as an adult, because... I now wake up every day with my contacts at Awana with an incredible sense of urgency and frankly, on my worst days, almost envy. Looking at the kids who Mm -hmm. are encountering Jesus for the first time and thinking, man, you guys get a whole 15 to 18 to sometimes 20 years of a head start with your relationship with Jesus than I did. Mm -hmm. And I don't want you to waste that. And to think that I get to equip a leader to help them do that is one of the greatest privileges of my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, as someone who wakes up with this clear passion for scripture, with mm-hmm. this, it emulates from your pores. Mm-hmm. How do you, what have you found to be most effective in communicating that to people? Because I'm, I, in my weakest moments, I get concerned that there is this um, apathy towards mm-hmm. scripture of, you know, it's, it's too complicated or it takes too long to sort of get into. And yet you are, you talk about it with the urgency that I think it ultimately requires. Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to clarify, I get it wrong a lot too, right? Yes. <laughs> the scroll is taking its toll on me too. And I'm kind of in a funk and I'm like, what happened? Like, how did these lies stick to me? But mm-hmm. I do believe that lies can't stick to truth filled girls. And that's where my passion is, because once we know the truth, you know, sometimes I'll even say, Cindy, who said that to you? And like, and so I can unpack and so I can get back on that freedom trail. So I think when you ask the question, like, how do you communicate that? I think it depends on the audience. As I'm communicating with with young girls or girls in middle school, high school and college, oftentimes I use my story as appropriate to be a bridge because I don't want them to go through the hard stuff I went through. Mm-hmm. Now for my children in my home, I used to, I'm not afraid of bribing my children. And so I used to like, just, we would memorize scripture over and over again, mostly because I, I would pay them. Sure. But you know, it's interesting. I'm such an A to Z girl. So one time I said to my family, here's the thing, let's memorize scripture from A to Z. Like A, as for my, me and my household, we will serve the Lord. B, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we will save. See, and I was Psalm 16, 8. I've set the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Would you know when my son, my big hockey playing son went to college, he had stitched on his hockey mitt 
Psalm 16, 8. So I get a lot of eye rolls sometimes. My kids are very normal, but it's it sticks. It stays in there. So it depends on the audience. You know, for for younger, I try to figure out that bridge that will help connect with them, figuring out ways that they can make it stick. And then for the moms, when it comes to moms, we know that they can't pass on to their girls what they don't believe themselves. If they look in the mirror and say, I'm not enough or all of the lies, then it's going to be harder for their girls to know truth too. So a lot of times moms won't do it for themselves necessarily, but they want their girls to be different. So there's lots of different ways I encourage them to memorize and apply scripture, moms and daughters together. Mm. Yeah, Matt, I'm curious for you, you know, like you mentioned earlier, we have a bit of a, a, a broader context or a non-specialized context at Awana working with both boys and girls. But so much of what Cindy's speaking to is the same things that we feel and yes. see every day and yep. around the country. It's, you know, Awana leaders are feeling the same things every day. And I'm curious when it comes to these sort of practices that Cindy's speaking to, this conversation is getting very practical. One of the things that we've been able to do is really lean into child discipleship strategies that are working. And what I hear Cindy talking about, whether it's bribing your own kids or making moms understand that, hey, part of the reason why this is challenging is because this was never given to you, is belonging. I hear her describing the, the power of making this person feel like you you are okay here. You belong here. If this is someone's first introduction to Awana or the first introduction to our focus on child discipleship, can you help them understand um, what we mean when we talk about the 3B discipleship pathway? Sure. So uh, if you're new to this conversation or, or to the types of conversations that Ross facilitates, uh, we talk about child discipleship as three primary factors coming together. Uh, to form identity or lasting faith in children. And we call those uh, three primary factors, belong, believe, become. Uh, when I listen to Cindy's story, uh, for those who attend the Child Discipleship Forum, you're going to get to hear her story. It's very powerful. Uh, but I hear those themes in Cindy's story. And belonging, uh, we say, is one loving, caring adult can make all the difference. That's highly relational ministry. That's a children's ministry or a coaching ministry or a mentoring relationship where people feel uh, known. I, they know my name. Uh, the, this community, whether it's one person or a group of people, uh, they understand my life. They know, they know something about the environment that I'm coming from. And I feel a sense of I'm welcomed here. You know, so discipleship, I uh, think of it, uh, one of our team members, his name is Ed, he, he talks about discipleship is like when you're getting on a plane what is that long corridor you go down i don't even know what that's called but the long corridor you're going the place down where my kids step. run away from me it, yeah uh, yeah yeah but salvation is the one inch gap between being in that corridor till you step on the plane so but discipleship doesn't start only the moment after you step on the plane discipleship is a long relational process that starts even pre prior to saying yes to jesus and trusting him with your life and so uh, discipleship is a highly relational process. So that means we're inviting children in, or if you're an adult ministry, you're inviting adults, adults who have very messy lives near you so that they can have a relationship with you. And through that relationship, what are they going to learn? They're going to experience Jesus. They're going to experience the warmth of Christ uh, in you, the, the brightness in your face, this, 
the, the power of the Holy Spirit working through your dialogue and conversation, and you bring the power of God's word into that. So belonging is highly relational. And again, that happens before salvation and after and beyond salvation. And then, but then there's belief. Belief is deeply scriptural ministry, which is the majority of what we've been talking about. Cindy's been talking about the power of God's word and the, the importance of saturating our lives and children's lives in God's word. Uh, so believe is deeply scriptural ministry. This is making the Bible a, a, a foundational part of your life. Um, uh, I would even say habitual or, or normal rhythmic part of your life. And then other practices of thinking and praying and meditating on God's word, which God's word is very clear about. And then thirdly, we would say that third B is become, which is high, a truly experiential ministry. It's how are we experiencing life? So belonging is important, belonging to people, belonging in the community, but also belonging to God, and then belief, my be uh, belief through the scriptures, but becoming, in other words, how, how am I actually using my life? How am I experiencing life? So we experience God, we experience him through relationship, we experience his presence, we experience navigating a culture around us, you know, how am I going to walk through life when the world around me uh, maybe very different from the gospel, maybe very upside down. How am I going to navigate those cultural complexities? So we can help kids uh, through those. And we can also, I'd say the third area of experience is how do we experience our gifts? How do we use our gifts and talents? So we can help kids experience all of those facets of what it means to experience life. But the power, Cindy and Ross, is when all three of those come together, uh, that's when identity is shaped. That's when a child is developing lasting faith when our ministries are built to do all three of those. And I think GEMS is a great example of a ministry that is able to do oh, that yeah. well. And, yeah. you know, Cindy, I wanna, I wanna leave it here because I want people to check out the Child Discipleship Forum. I want people to hear your story. I want people to get a taste of it by listening to our previous conversation. Uh, but I recognize, as Matt said, so much of what we talk about is the power of a loving, caring adult. And you know firsthand, above all else, the power of a loving, caring adult. Mm -hmm. And I recognize that right now there's a few different kinds of loving, caring adults who are listening. Mm -hmm. Some may feel burnt out already, mm -hmm. and it's only at the beginning of the ministry year. Some may feel excited, but maybe ill-equipped or underappreciated. But I'm curious what messages you have for the loving, caring adults who are listening as they head into a year knowing that this it could very well be the most important year of child discipleship yet for the sake of creating a faith that lasts in the kids in their communities. Mm. Can I share three quick things? Number one, I would say lean in, listen, and love. I think it's easy for us to believe the lie that our kids are too busy or they're always on their phone or they don't want to learn from us. It's not true. The research even shows that for Generation Z, they want mentors. They just want to be listened to. And don't we too? You know, they don't want to be bossed anymore than we want to be bossed. So I would say, like, keep leaning in, keep listening, and keep loving. And as we know, sometimes the ones that are hardest to love are the ones who need it the most. I think my second practical encouragement would be, if you are a small group leader, if you are a mentor, even if you're a hockey coach, what color are the eyes? of those you serve like lean in that close that you can tell me Susie <laughs> has blue really eyes good. Gretchen has brown eyes Bobby has a hazel eye that kind of changes like do that kind of leaning in and listening 
And then the third thing I would say to the mentors, to those who are investing and trying to impact the life of this next generation, I'd say it matters and you are loved. Yep, you you trying to figure it out, you trying to figure out how to walk out the life of freedom, you that are, are too busy and you're running through Burger King, whatever, like you right at this moment, you too are loved, period. And truth that powerful is meant to be shared. So keep going. Mm. Amen to that. Thank you all for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Cindy, I'm so excited to see you in just a few weeks and we will talk to you all again real soon. The Child Discipleship Podcast is powered by Awana. Thanks to the donations of generous folks like you, Awana partners with 62,000 churches in 130 countries to make resilient disciples. When you give to Awana, you are investing in lasting faith, young people who will engage the culture with the gospel and fearlessly lead the church into the future. To make a donation to this mission, go to awana.org donate. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and check out the show notes of today's episode for relevant links from this conversation, as well as information about other podcasts from Awana. The podcast is mixed, edited, and produced by Marlon Washington and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and Hits by Jude. You also heard All Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from his album Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.